to Corporation USA, where inequality, corruption, surveillance, and war are all tools to grow its ever-expanding world dominance. Allies and enemies, both real, perceived, and persuaded, all collate in the destruction of humankind. Capitalism is king, and profit for the elite is God. You've seen the puppets. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. You've seen the live theater, seen scandal after scandal after scandal. Heard the lies? No, sir. It does not. Not wittingly. And then more lies. I take the fact that he develops weapons of mass destruction very seriously. You've had hope. The audacity of hope. That hope then turned into hate. You are fake news. Sir, I'm here to say there will be better days. We must unite behind the truth and hold that truth to power. Unite as the 99% and shine as bright as the one. This is the Citizens Broadcast Podcast. That's where I come in, Mr. P.T. Plemetich, to highlight the facts and trends of geopolitics with a focus on the United States, all with the help of my curation of some of the finest journalism and opinion pieces from the minds of experts, coming from publications such as The Washington Post, The Intercept, The Guardian, Foreign Affairs, The Economist, The New Republic, NPR, and many more. I will present the facts and give my opinion for this is my broadcast for all citizens. My humble attempt at turning on the light, if only for a brief second. Welcome. Welcome to the Citizens Broadcast Podcast. Today, we are talking Ukraine, Russia, and American foreign policy. There's no easy way to put the situation in Ukraine in its proper context. Money, energy, national identity, and most importantly, the presence of a neutral territory between NATO and Russia. These are all important parts of the equation. None of these, however, are at the core of the solution from America and its subsidiary, NATO's lack of diplomatic strategy. This is a game and America has placed its bets. The road to its desired outcome is not in the best interest of Ukraine, which would be the health and safety of the Ukrainian people. However, America's ambition goes way back and lingers like onion on one's breath. It's foul, and we are either too stupid or psychotic to address the situation with a diplomatic solution. Now, this is in no way an appeasement to Putin's obviously apparent fascism and corruption. It is an unjust war, and they are responsible for their actions. He should, like many of our previous leaders, 
be tried by the international criminal courts, but neither will happen. But we must think rationally about this. This is war. This is serious stuff. We must think rationally of how that might happen and what the retaliation might be from a despot trying to hold on to power. And on top of that reality, we must have a resolution, a diplomatic one, because this is not their version of our Iraq. It was provoked by a long history of mistrust and hatred. The bravado and ego of narcissistic men and their desire for complete control, capital, and profit. There is no doubt Putin is an evil man who has blood on his hands, but geopolitically, this is a complex situation. It's important to understand and highlight the principles of American imperialism. With the death clock being pushed ever closer, we need to address issues that, while not popular or pretty, and won't punish the culprit in ways that should be just, but the goal should be to save lives and reduce the risk for nuclear escalation. We need diplomacy, but we turn our backs to it. Peace in Ukraine is not our goal, it's to bludgeon Russia. While politicians and the media are all gnawing at the bone of war, all due to a desire to show the world who is its god. To punish Russia and humiliate Putin, and by his own actions lead him in their own desire to be unseated from his oligarchical throne, even at the risk of Ukraine and its people. I don't need to tell you that this conflict between America and Russia goes far back. I don't need to tell you about the Red Scare, the Cold War, communist hysteria, the Berlin Wall, or all the potential moments for future peace squandered. Gorbachev once agreed to allow Germany to join NATO, a hostile enemy essentially, really if you think about it a remarkable concession given Russia and Germany's military history. This was agreed to under the condition that NATO not move one inch east. This agreement being broken throughout the years, with the United States diplomatic response being to say simply, it was only a verbal agreement. These are not just men, these are not honorable people. We then fast forward all the way to 2014, when a neutral Ukraine was overthrown with a pro-EU and Western government. All the way to just last year in 2021, when they had a 300-8 resolution to join NATO. This could have been a reason for Putin's invasion, possibly, but I don't know. But what I do want you all to know is what the issue is. When NATO expands, and I use quotes here, they put quote-unquote defensive weapons and point them at Russia. They can easily be changed into offensive ballistic missiles and possible nukes. To call them defensive is just insulting to anyone with a brain. Let's also add some fire to the situation now. Let's get serious here. Let's talk about energy and economy. Russia is the second largest exporter of oil ahead of Saudi Arabia, essentially making it a petrol state. 
It's the largest for natural gas, which is the foundation of the Russian state. It makes up for 30% of their GDP. The EU now gets around 30% of its natural gas from Russia. Okay, so now let's throw in Germany, the world's fourth largest economy. It gets 50% from Russia. These come through pipelines going through Ukraine. Ukraine's independence from Russia allowed Ukraine to ask for tariffs for essentially using their land as an economic bridge. Practical, might I add, but strategically bad for Russia. In 2005, 80% of its natural gas traveled through Ukraine. Russia is now down and planning to eliminate that dependence to zero by 2024. Think about the Nord Stream pipelines, for instance. But okay, so why talk about energy now? That's because recently oil was found in Ukraine, which would make it the 14th largest oil supply in the world, which could threaten Russia's economy if a friendly Ukraine had better trade relations with the EU and took their business potential. Where was the majority of the oil found? Near Crimea, of course. Remember what happened there earlier last decade. There's a reason why most of the military interactions are happening around Ukraine's natural energy supplies. Shell and Exxon once had agreements with Ukraine, Western corporations. After invasions in the past by Putin, they had no choice but to pull out. This is all to say Russia has huge implications in Ukraine. There are reasons for everything and we must examine those. It again is in no way a defense for Putin committing war crimes, but it is just an analysis of the situation. Our response has been sanctions and quote unquote defensive weapon systems. Now is this an appropriate response to help Ukraine? Yes, yes, of course. But that is not the question we should be asking. It's what can save the Ukrainian people from a grim fate. It needs to be scaled, not escalated. Which is hard with the media who savagely wants war and throws out constant political hits, who express the need to punish Putin. These people don't know what they're talking about. These people are idiots or puppets. They want to punish Putin, punish Russia. He must be defeated brutally. Even his mental state is in question. This is by no means new. In 2015, there was a Psychology Today article about his mental state. He was said to have Asperger's. I mean, even harken back even further to the 50s. Back when the UN was a United States battering ram, much like NATO today. A leading anthropologist at the time actually was curious as to why the Russians were so negative. A group decided it was due to Russians being dressed in swaddling clothes. Chomsky jokingly called this typology. The propaganda scares me today. Why shut out RT? Shouldn't we have free flow of information? See what the other side has to say? I mean, Lavrov himself has stated a few simple requirements for negotiations. One, neutralization of Ukraine. Two, demilitarization of NATO back to its 1991 border. And Crimea at this point in time is off the table referendum that to a later date. And no surprise with the energy implications in Crimea. Now, diplomacy requires mutual agreement, and it's simple what Russia wants. 
Yes, the influx of energy into Europe has an effect too. But with or without that issue, there is still conflict between the jockeying of Russia and NATO. Money is to be made for Putin and his oligarchs in a Russia-controlled or neutral Ukraine. And the status quo will continue its genetically inherited modern Cold War with Russia. That is why I say this goes deeper than energy. Why can't we negotiate? What is stopping us? It's simple, and it's to punish Russia. We are calculating their demise like they are us. But America holds the sphere of destiny, and we won't let Russia glimpse upon it. We need to remind the world who we are, of course. That is the status quo. You must allow for reality to settle in. Without a diplomatic solution, many more will perish in this crisis, and it will further distort our already cruel relations and alienate a nuclear superpower. We must save the Ukrainian people, and that is through diplomacy. China must step up and help in the negotiations, and they are rightly being criticized for not doing it. But it is, in fact, America that has the power to make change. Are we too stubborn? I think so. But we shall see. Now I'm afraid, citizens, this broadcast must come to an end. Thank you for tuning in to the Citizens Broadcast Podcast. Make sure to check me out on social media. And if you're listening on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, always be looking for the truth, my friends. P.T. Plevitich, signing out.